Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get started, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. I am delighted to be joined by Dr. Angela Wyand and Dr. Tatiana Prowell. Dr. Wyand is a pediatric hematology oncologist who started hashtag HCW versus hunger in 2020. And Dr. Prowell is an oncologist specializing in breast cancer who partnered with Dr. Wyand last year to launch this extraordinary project. So some background, hashtag HCW, that's healthcare workers versus hunger, VS hunger, hashtag HCW VS hunger was a fundraiser that was launched on Twitter by Angela and Tatiana, and it raised over $350,000. This was an ad hoc grassroots effort, and it was incredible. They are back. We are live this year, starting today, Monday, December 13th, and they joined me on Explore the Space to discuss how this all came together, what last year was like, and what they expect for this year, because this year is going to be amazing. You can certainly check out hashtag HCWVSHunger on Twitter. That's the hashtag to look up. You can donate and share whatever you like. There are teams you can join, and this is not just for healthcare workers. Make no mistake, if you want to be a part of this, please do jump in, follow that hashtag. You can also follow at HCWVSHunger on Twitter as well. Angela and Tatiana will be joining me on the next hashtag ETS chat as well. That will be this Thursday, December 16th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. It'll be an incredible interactive discussion. They're amazing. And getting some more time to hang out with them and, and to chat on Twitter where everyone can engage with them is going to be really, really wonderful. You can find me on Twitter at ETS show. You can email me anytime, Mark at explore the space show.com. I'm on Instagram at explore the space show and the entire archive of explore the space podcast is at www.explore the space show.com and can be found on all the major podcast platforms. Please do leave us that five star rating and review that really helps us out. Now, without further ado, Dr. Angela Wine and Dr. Tatiana Prowl talking about hashtag HCW versus hunger. Tatiana, welcome to Explore the Space Podcast. I'm delighted you're here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Angela, you're back. Did you bring cake? Oh my gosh, I don't have cake. What was I thinking? How how much time will elapse on a weekly basis where you and the family don't have some cake? It depends on the week. Like I feel like yeah. it's very on and off. Like there are weeks where there's like cake every day, and then there's <laughs> weeks where there's no cake. But usually there's like cookies or something else because I have a problem. But Fair enough. Tatiana, you and I were talking before we started recording about a very specific cookie type in Baltimore where you are called the burger cookie and that it is in the same sort of Venn diagram of the moon pie, which 
comes from where you're from originally. Now I just want cake. Where, where do you stand on cake versus cookie? Where do I stand on cake versus cookie? I have to tell you that I am more of a pie person. Oh, so I know such the, a good pull, such a good third, pull. Yeah, the third third rail. Yeah, so I'm a pie. <laughs> I'm a pie person. Um, I like fruit pies. I like key lime pie, blueberry oh pie. So I'm going to choose pie over cake or cookie. You're now a great friend Every of the day. podcast because not only did, I, I love the third rail because that's the third rail of American dessert politics, and that was really well played. That was awesome. We are in a place where obviously you both are active on social media. That's how I got connected with you. And it's fun and good to talk about our shared affinities for delicious foods, delicious desserts. You both, though, I would submit have done something that I thought was really inspiring. And you leverage so much of the things that I think are important in how we all interact within our profession now more than ever, which is using tools like social media to try to do some good. Last year, you created this endeavor, hashtag HCWV Hunger, Healthcare Workers versus Hunger. And it was a phenomenon. It was one week of extraordinary donations, specialties competing, people cracking jokes, having a total laugh in the midst of the pandemic, and raising some serious money to benefit food banks across the United States. I know you both have listened to the show. I like to start farther up. Tatiana, when, how does something like this even start? Do, do you and Angela know each other from days gone by? How, how did you both come together to create this this furnace? Well, um, first of all, she gets all credit for creating this. Um, I, I kind of hopped on the vehicle uh, early on, but, um, but she gets all the credit for creation. So she gets to speak to the creation of this. But um, I will say that we had not met uh, at all ever before this. We followed one another on social media, but we hadn't really ever even interacted, um, you know, privately via direct messages or anything to my knowledge, my recollection. And when I saw that she had started this campaign, this healthcare worker versus hunger campaign, I thought, oh, that would be cool. It'd be nice to have an oncology team. And so I reached out to her to just say, hey, you're a hematologist. Like, does Onc fit with you or should I have my own team? And and she said, oh, you can kind of do whatever you want. And I said, all right, well, how do I do it? And she said, just say you're a team. Uh, give yourself a name. And so that's what we did. And um, over time, I think that we ended up being married by the end of the week. But um, over time, <laughs> we just yeah. started interacting a lot because the oncology, you know, Onc Twitter is very active. That's a group that participates a lot on social media that I think is really very motivated to do good work on social media. And so we just had a lot of engagement. And as we got late in the campaign where, uh, you know, teams were jockeying on the leaderboard, all in the name of raising more money for food banks, we started merging teams. And so Heme and Ankh were, of course, you know, they're like peanut butter and jelly, right? They go together. That's uh, Yeah, so that was we fine. We became that a combined fine. team. Yeah, if if cardiology and nephrology merged into a team, I think we might have to like say, wait a minute, the, right. the judges need to render a verdict. But hemonk, I mean, that's that's how we all kind of surgery and anesthesia became a team, though. So really, I mean, honestly, anything could happen. I love it. Social media. I think it's great. And if cardiology and nephrology want to form one team, then they totally should, and it would be hilarious. Angela, when you started something like this, when the kernel kind of pops up, I, I, I'm I'm curious if you do you remember the the moment where like the switch flipped and this hashtag popped up and this idea popped up. Do you remember what that moment was like? Because I, I, I want to hear about that kind of creation moment. 
Yeah. So, I mean, thank you, Tatiana. I mean, Tatiana is a complete force. Like she's amazing and she deserves a ton of credit as well. I think, you know, when I started it, it was like the second fundraiser I had done and was people had been asking me to do tutorials on certain subjects. And I was like, I'm not, I don't have time to do like a million tutorials. And so like, let's raise some money. And then if people donate a lot of money, then they can pick the tutorial. And the first one I did, you know, we raised maybe like five or $10,000. And then I was like, let's do teams. And so I started it and I didn't have a hashtag and it wasn't like planned. You know, I was just was like, let's do this and see if we can raise some money. Um, and I feel like Tatiana was really the one who said like, you know, we need a hashtag. We need like a thing that people can look for. And, you know, she got so invested in it so quickly, which was awesome because she was, you know, responding to everyone's tweets and, you know, giving people a hard time, like our team's better than yours, which is, you know, so fun and really, I think got people engaged, especially, you know, there were like surgeons swooping in being like, I'm going to give $10,000. It was like, okay, this is now really a thing. This is serious, um, that's right. Which was amazing. And, you know, when I was like tallying up my stupid little Excel spreadsheet, it was like, okay, now we're over $100,000. Like what in the world has happened? But I think, you know, her th- saying like, we need a, you need a hashtag. And then like, here's my idea for a hashtag. I'm like, great, let's go with that. And, um, you know, having a little bit more organization to it um, was great because I think it really helped people get engaged and um, raise a lot more money. Did you anticipate the surge of engagement, right? We, I, I am mindful of terms. We have a problem I would submit in our profession of certain terms just getting way overused and kind of getting suborned to mean different things and be used in different ways. But in this case, I think engagement suggests people wanting to participate. I think we can be very specific. That's what I mean by this. Did you expect the demand, the excitement, the enthusiasm, all of the subterms that would underscore engagement when this took off? Not at all. I mean, I think no. that, um, you know, at some point during that week, I think probably shortly after Tatiana had recommended the hashtag, um, you know, it was like, wow, this is much more of a thing. And when it had become you know, my second full-time job and but it was, it was literally because our husbands were like, hello, you know, we're here too. And you have a family and your life. And we're like, no, no, we're trying to solve world world hunger. Just, you know, hold on a minute. You you do all the other things for us. Um, Luckily we have amazing husbands, but I think um, I had no idea it would get to that point. And I think, you know, even towards the end, there were, you know, the very last day people starting new teams on the very last day. And I think what's been really exciting about it is, like seeing that go throughout the year. So I've had people like contact me multiple times throughout the year of like, make sure you let me know what day it's going to be. And we already have our team captains and like, how is this going to work? And, you know, we want to know all the rules. Um, So it's been fun to see that people are still thinking about it and, you know, identify it as one of those times on Twitter, which was just a really positive experience for everyone. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a great way to phrase it. It was a very, very positive experience. I was just going to say, I think that the timing of it was really critical because if we think about you know why we did this, um, I think that for me, the reason for participating, because ordinarily I would, I would give, you know, near the end of the year anyway to charities. The reason I wanted to participate in this specifically was I felt like it was a very dark time. You know, this was December of the pandemic. People were exhausted. Physicians and healthcare workers specifically were uniquely exhausted. And I just got the sense that everybody was losing their their sense of personal agency. People just felt like we're trying our best and we're getting farther and farther behind. We're losing patients. Numbers are surging. Um, 
you know, it, people were just losing hope. We didn't have a vaccine yet. Um, and I think that people were losing hope. And I was really worried about what that meant for our profession, but honestly, for the whole world, <laughs> when the when the healthcare workers were feeling like we aren't effective anymore. So for me, this was not just about hunger. It was about showing people that they could still, showing people that were really in unique moral distress that they were still efficacious. That was a big part of this for me. And I think that's part of actually why it took off because there were a lot of people that said, you know, I've never given to a food bank in my life. And I just made a $500 donation to this local food bank whose name I didn't even know until I went and looked it up. So I think there's something to be said for that. I think, you know, that's also been really great to me to see like the kind of aftershocks of it in terms of, you know, Tatiana was like still getting messages on Facebook and on other social media apps of like, well, I donated this. And like, we couldn't really count it because we had to have a cutoff time or whatever. But it was like, there were tens of thousands of donations, like after the deadline had passed. And then I get messages all the time from people that are like, you know, I just want to let you know, like, I now have a monthly deduction, like that goes to this food bank. And like, I had never done that before health care workers versus hunger. Um, and I'm already planning like my donations for this year, um, which is really cool to hear. It feels like what you both have tapped into with this is when we look at the larger picture, what feels like a, almost a tradition born of necessity. Tatiana, you described just now one of my favorite leadership traits, that situational awareness, that what's happening around and what is an intervention that can impact this larger strategic picture. And I love that. And I have tremendous respect for it because it's not easy to do. It's easy to kind of lose track and, and be amongst the trees, which is great. And sometimes you just have to do the work in front of you. But sometimes being able to be above the trees and look for a larger intervention is just a critical skill to have. But I do think that you both are at the sharp edge of creating this tradition of a spontaneous intervention, leveraging things that I think we're just coming to understand, which is the use of a compelling hashtag, quite honestly, a cause that lands on a large number of people that feels right. And then as rocket fuel, this understanding that the relationships that are forming on social media within our profession have a level of tangibility that I think five years ago, most of us would have said, I know this person, but I'm not, I'm not getting into a project with them. I'm not putting hours in with them. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. I hear from you both. You didn't know each other. Seven days later, you guys are like text pals, like you're, you're buddies now and you'll be buddies forever. Right. Absolutely. I wasn't even using Twitter five years ago, but as I say, absolutely. Um, absolutely true. I think that the, the friendships that people form are, are really meaningful. They're as deep as in-person friendships. And that has also, I think, been something that our profession needed during the pandemic because we lost our sense of fellowship. You know, we lost our sense of, of, um, you know, just, togetherness and, and support the, all the things that we really, all the ways that we really lean on each other. Um, we couldn't lean on each other anymore. We couldn't get together after work. People can't sit around in break rooms and, and have their lunch together. I mean, just a lot of small stuff that, uh, you don't really notice it when you have it, but when it goes away, you feel it deeply. So I thought, I thought also we just needed a way for people to feel part of something again in medicine. That's one of my favorite parts of this whole community or the way that we form these communities such as they are. 
Um, but Angela, one of the things that you mentioned that I also thought was so great about the community that you both formed around this is that as you fielded questions, as you fielded ideas, it was everybody in the pool. Like you didn't create boundaries to say you can't do it that way or that team's not welcome. Like, yeah, I mean, you want in, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was really fun, I think. And, you know, I think there was a little bit of moving parts in terms of, you know, someone would start a team and then someone else would start a team that was like very similar, but they didn't yeah. realize there was already a team that maybe they would have joined. Um, and then there were teams that were like not specialty oriented, right? But were just like like-minded people that, you know, had kind of a hodgepodge of people, um, which was really fun to see. It is kind of funny when you start these things though with our profession, what I have noticed, and I say this as a as a as a real compliment to all of our co- collaborators and all of our colleagues, they want to know the rules. They want to do it right, and they will ask a variety of questions. To which, like, I honestly don't know. Please feel free to donate if you want to post the receipt. That's awesome. If you want to use the hashtag, that's cool. Beyond that, man, I don't have a twenty five page rule book, but they ask really good questions that you're like, gosh, if I, it kind of points to the the spontaneous fly by night aspect of this. Tatiana, though, do you find that that level of just that space for people to be creative and to not have a lot of rules, do you think it is a barrier to entry or do you think it allows for sort of more enthusiastic entry? I think I think that when there aren't rules, people are are free to um, participate in a way that they feel comfortable with. And that's a more inclusive project that always is close to my heart. Um, You know, one of the things that was just so amazing was to see a group of trainees form a team. Um, and you know, these are medical students they're paying an arm and a leg, um, to go to medical school. Many of them were also really working, uh, you know, you can't call it anything else working in roles where we needed help during a pandemic. So these aren't people that have a lot of extra time or a lot of extra money. Uh, and we nonetheless, uh, saw this group of trainees form a team and fundraise, um, with a lot of small volume, or, you know, small dollar donors, which was very exciting. So I thought it was great to have it be totally open, how much you needed to contribute, which was whatever you felt like, where you could contribute, which was any food bank uh, that you liked, um, you know, how many people you had to have on your team. Like there were just no rules around it. So I think that we got a lot broader um, engagement. But, you know, I think what you see is that when people see something succeeding, they want it to succeed. So that I think the more we saw, you know, that we were approaching some large dollar landmark or, um, you know, that teams were getting close to one another on the leaderboard, you saw that really energize people. So I thought it was fun to have fewer rules. We have a lot of rules in our day-to-day life as physicians now. Uh, it, it's fun to to loosen up where we're able to. And, and look, one thing that hasn't really been talked about as much is with that trainee team, they actually ended up including non-trainees and it was they the team was woke folk. And um, they actually ended up getting like messages from people who were within our medical community that were struggling themselves. So for example, like a medical student who... Um, you know, didn't have the funding that she needed and wasn't get, really going to be able to provide Christmas for her family. And so they were actually coordinating donations from people to actually give money to, you know, the Twitter community, healthcare providers who were struggling themselves, um, which I think is just incredible. Because I think one thing that, you know, I hadn't anticipated was that there, you know, was some messaging around like, you're asking us to donate, some of us are having hard times ourselves. And like, it's difficult to see 
you know, people throwing all this money around and donating all this when like, maybe I'm not in such a good place myself. But um, it was really amazing that that team took it upon themselves to do that completely outside of, you know, the competition and to just try to help people in need in our community um, in other ways. When you throw a boulder into a still lake, it's going to ripple. And I think that when this happens again this year, we're going to see similar things. I think people are creative and smart and they want to apply them. And you create a space where it's just a giant sandbox. And like you said, Tatiana, there's not a lot of rules and we're not really that confined. You can't do it wrong. As long as you're leading with kindness and integrity, we're all set with this with this project. So I think that that's such a great and sustainable way to to drive this. Angela, what was the final tally for 2020 hashtag HCWV hunger? Um, a little over $360,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. That's and incredible. That was the formal tally, but, but as she said, we had a lot of money continuing to come in after the deadline, you know, was, yeah. uh, was met. Yeah. That's amazing. But- as I mentioned, it had become a full-time job, I think, for both yeah. of us. And so at Absolutely. some point it was like, I'm happier donating, but we don't need to we don't need to keep my, you know, not that great Excel sheet going. That's the second time that you've criticized this Excel spreadsheet that contained three hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of donations. So I might submit that this is more of like something that's gonna be in the personal papers for a long time. I think it's a pretty cool document. I'm actually embarrassed to share it. We have an amazing volunteer, Sachin Ketterpal, who works at the University of Michigan and um, knows a lot about IT things. And so he and his children and Tatiana's children are actually trying to streamline a lot of this and make it um, a lot easier. So it won't be my um, not great spreadsheet. And he had actually asked at one point, like, oh, would you mind sharing? I'm like, no, no. No, no, no one needs to see the spreadsheet because it really is like a million columns and I'm like copy and paste in. It, it's a mess. It shows how disorganized my brain is and no one else needs to see that. Yeah, the spreadsheet for my team alone was, um, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty chaotic. So it's definitely a process crying out for automation. <laughs> <laughs> I think what would be a fun, actually just had, this is a good idea. We should do this. We should do a Twitter thread of your, worst excel spreadsheet experiences because we all have one where the thing just gets detonated like a you know jackson pollock painting and it's just they're they're amazing the the way you can cause disruption and demonstrate the third law of thermodynamics right the university will trend toward disorder excel spreadsheets i think while they're designed to be organized tend to go in the other direction but we're getting off track that's not why we're here to, to defame excel spreadsheets we're getting ready to go again right it's now late 2021 People know of this. It's got a Twitter feed at HCWV Hunger. We're, BS, we're, we're, BS Hunger. HCWV Yes, I said it wrong. BS Thank you. Hunger. You're right. Yes. My mistake. Thank you for correcting. You know how one letter can throw everything off. So we have uh, to be it, very. Exact. It totally ruins it. And I'm glad you called it out. And it will be in the show notes correctly. Um, and I will double check my work for sure. But thank you for calling that out. How do we ramp up? What are you both doing? We're recording this a little bit in advance of going live. It's going to air when you guys are getting ready to go live. What's the ramp up looking like? Are you Do you contact food banks? Do you reach out to some of the team leaders from last year to say, hey, we're getting ready to go live? Or is it still that same, like, we're just going to pull up the curtain on such and such a day and, and see what happens? I mean, I think that, you know, we're definitely going to be letting people know in advance when it's starting. I think one... Um, you know, minor downside to social media is that, you know, people take social media breaks. And if you happen to take a week long break, you could miss 
you know, all of healthcare workers versus hunger for 2021. Um, so I think, you know, letting people know ahead of time when it's going to be, um, I think there have been team leaders already that have reached out to me. So I think I probably, at least for, you know, the most active teams from last year will reach out and make sure they are aware of how things are going to happen. Tatiana, are you going to allow for free agents? Like I'm a hospitalist by training, but since I do so much consultative medicine and so much co-management, could I be on a surgical team this year or could I be on a hemonc team this year and a hospitalist team? Okay, Absolutely. I, I made so many cases for why people should join our human, our, our hemonc team. You know, I, I, that one in eight women gets breast cancer. Everybody knows someone with breast cancer. Uh, we had, you know, we need we need surgeons, we need radiation oncologists, we need primary care physicians, uh, we need laboratory technicians, we need nurses, we need everybody to look after our patients with cancer. So we made we made a very broad appeal to get people to join our team. But absolutely, there were people that contributed to multiple teams. Um, so. Yes, there there are not rules around that. We really just, you know, that the purpose of the teams, in, in my opinion, was that it did kind of give people a sense of belonging. And it took advantage of the fact that medical students, which we all once were, tend to be pretty hard charging people. They are natural competitors. Uh, and so this was sort of putting those that that drive um, to use for good. I, I agree with all of that. I remember being a medical student for sure. The thing that I think that you both have done well and is very, very smart is the the HCW part. And as you were saying, right, this is everybody under the umbrella. This is not just for doctors. It's not just for nurses. We have a huge community, right? And it takes everybody to drive the bus without a doubt. Um, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show. I don't like platitudes. That is not a platitude. Nothing works without every cog in the machine turning at max efficiency. And so creating a space where everybody can be included to participate in something like this and have some fun with it, I think is is really, really smart. Angela, did you get feedback from last year that you've taken into this year's event that's going to not so much change it, but just uh, a allow for it to move differently or to involve different people? Is there things that happened last year, people that reached out and said, maybe we could try this, that you're going to incorporate this year? I mean, I think the biggest change will just be, you know, more organization and, you know, more momentum. I think um, one thing about what you just mentioned, you know, that I had considered is I like including all of healthcare, but I actually would like to, you know, put it out there that we are inclusive of like non-healthcare people as well. Um, one of my friends is a communications professor at UT Austin, and um, he teaches a course on social media. So his class is kind of trying to put together like some ideas for us where they're like, you know, client for the semester. Um, and one thing they had brought up, she was like, my, you know, one of the students said, my mom is a administrator at Memorial Sloan Kettering. Like, she's not a healthcare worker per se, but like, you know, people like that would love to be involved. And we actually had a team last year called like not HCWs um, that were just, you know, people that <laughs> followed us on Twitter that were like, I love it. Cool. And I don't have any relation to healthcare, but like, I want to donate. Um, I so love I would it. love if, you know, I think there are competitive people in law and business in every field. Right. And so if they want to join and have their own team, I think that'd be amazing. Could you um, imagine a professional throwdown? Business versus law versus medicine versus engineering, exactly. just all in. Oh exactly. And get some of those finance people that make, you know, tons of money. It's like, get all the donations going. We need totally. a computer science team in here to make sure that somebody can actually help us automate collecting all the donations and tallying and updating the leaderboard. But uh, again, fortunately, we have these these delightful teenagers and uh, adolescents helping us with that this year. But um, but yeah, the 
that's the only limitation to including the whole world in this. I have to say I was very moved last year that on the oncology team specifically, um, I have a lot of uh, patient advocates in oncology, particularly breast cancer patient advocates uh, who follow me on Twitter. And I was so moved that several of them contributed to our team and, and said, you know, basically, we've always felt like we were on your team um, when all of you were taking care of us. So we want to be on this team. Just amazing. So we had a number of patient advocates give. So hope we see things like that happen again this year. It was that, that incredibly is, inspiring. That is so great. Do you foresee a time where the two of you need to take like a month sabbatical, like the last part of November, first part of December to drive this? Because it's uh, look, I mean, is that you, being offered? Because I'm I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> University of Michigan. Um, I'd like to make a request. That's um, right. That's right. No, I mean, I, I think that definitely, you know, it felt like last year, like I said, it became a full time job. And my sister yeah. was laughing. She's mm-hmm. like, when is your fundraiser this year? And I said, she's like, oh, so you've already taken the week as vacation, right? I was like, not exactly, but yeah, yeah, I was on vacation during that time. And I, I said to my husband, I can't imagine doing this in any other way. I mean, it was just continuous. There were a few days that I never got out of pajamas. I was just wearing the same thing around the clock because I felt like this was really a, this was a physics problem, you know, that we, we had, like, if we were at rest, we were going to stay at rest. And if we were in motion, we were going to stay in motion. And I felt like it was very important to try to acknowledge donations and thank people in real time because you knew they were looking out for that. Um, to maintain the momentum and to kind of, you know, fan the flames between the different teams so that other teams would form or so that teams would say, come on, surgeons, we got to get a bunch of donations. You know, this team is about to beat us. I felt like that just maintaining that momentum was vital and, you know, vital to the extent that I ended up staying in the same clothes for a few days uh, and doing this around the clock. I think at some point my, my kids were, um, we're like, is mom, uh, you know, is mom okay? This doesn't seem <laughs> My favorite text for the kind of a laptop in the same pajamas since Tuesday or whatever. But all good. My favorite text at the end for me was like, I think I'm going to shower now and go to bed. <laughs> I was like, yes, do the, like shower, eat and go to bed. I'm like, yes, you deserve that. I'm not sure if you've done any of those things in like a week. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> incredible. Well, I always think back on when I saw something like this start, when I saw the project start too, we, my wife and I, since we've been together, one of the things that we've tried to do is to have the whatever regional food bank in the city that we're in be part of a way that we do volunteer work and and, and make donations to because they play such a critical role. Um, there's always displays out at all of the ones where I've been fortunate enough to do some some volunteering that shows $1 buys X amount of food. And it's always a very impressive amount. And what I always took from that and then kind of parlay into this discussion, if someone is able to contribute any amount, I mean, really like $1, $5, it is a huge impact. It's not like you're trying to accumulate $50 for, for one sort of dinner, like if we were to go and eat out. It, it, is, it is an exponential impact dollar for dollar. And that's one of the things about this that I wonder, I, I hope people realize that it's not so much putting a three or four or five figures down, it's putting any amount down because that is going to translate directly into multiple meals for people who need it. Angela, have you gotten direct feedback from any of the food banks that got these donations? Did they know what was happening from anywhere? I do get a lot of emails from food banks, not like directly saying like, you know, we knew this happened or anything, but I think okay. just because um, like I ended up, like some people would like, 
I don't know how to do this. So can I Venmo you and you can donate for me or whatever. So I think a lot of them ended up going through my name. So I think I get, you know, emails from like 50 different food banks. Um, I should probably try to get off some of those email email lists. But, um, but no, I, I, you know, I think that that is so true. And I think that is what is so important for everyone to understand. Because I think there were people that were seeing these $10,000 donations and feeling like, well, I don't have anywhere near $10,000 to give, right? But $5 is amazing and feeds, you know, a lot of meals for people. And so... Um, I think everyone should participate, whether it's, you know, just a few dollars or not that we're saying no to the $10,000 donations. We like those as well. Yeah, there are a million physicians in the U.S. So, you know, if you think about that, um, not not everybody's on Twitter. And and at some point when we became really <laughs> competitive and teams started merging and now I was, you know, with officially with Angela on this combined team. So I felt like this added responsibility to try to bring us to victory and not let Angela down. So I started reaching out to Facebook and different, you know, different groups of people. So certainly not everybody who is a physician or is a healthcare worker is on Twitter or on social media at all, but a lot of them are. And you realize just the number of people, even small dollar donations, the impact of that is massive because food banks do such a great job of, of, um, you know, making a lot out of out of a very small amount, they get food donated to them. Um, sometimes what they really need is just donations to enable them to actually dispatch the food to where it needs to go. Uh, so they're able to really accomplish a lot with a small amount. So I think that's a that's a major takeaway is if people can even give a very small amount, you actually probably have greater impact if you give a small amount and you tell all your friends about it and encourage them to do it. Um, than if you make a, a single large donation in most cases, because that momentum builds and, and, um, and, you know, it's the, part of it is, it's the time of the year that many people are thinking about charitable giving anyway, um, for tax purposes, or because it's the holiday season, there are lots of different reasons, um, you know, being in, in this December timeframe that it's just well, well-timed, I think. So we got lucky, uh, again, many forces sort of converged, I think, to make this so successful. Angela starting it being being the key lucky force, uh, the key activation energy, of course. But but we did get lucky with a lot of t- things, and I think that timing was a big part of the success too. Angela, what are you looking forward to this year for t- for the twenty twenty one event? What are you looking forward to, and when are we running? When when are, we're at the starting line, we're gearing up. When are we going, and how long are we going for? Yeah, so it should be around, um, you know, the week of following December 12th. um, And probably for about a week, we haven't finalized exact dates. Um, And I'm excited for all, you know, one of the things that like I loved about it was that there are food banks everywhere in the world. Um, And so we had people like in Turkey giving to their local food bank and all, you know, countries all over the world. So it really became an international thing, which I think was amazing. You know, it's a cause that everyone can get behind. I think sometimes within medicine, you know, Tatiana wants to fundraise for breast cancer and that's a great cause. But then someone else is like, well, what about pancreatic cancer? You know, there's all of these different causes that we're all very passionate about. But I think hunger, you know, affects people everywhere and there's food banks everywhere. Um, and especially with the pandemic kind of worsening that issue, I think now is a great time. So I'm, I'm excited for it all. I have high, high aspirations for this year. So. I'd like to see um, physicians, you know, thinking about patients in this more holistic way, I guess. You know, one of the other things that for me really made me want to be involved in this and and take maybe more of a role than just saying I'm going to donate or I'm going to start a team, um, but be involved in this in a little bit deeper or more enduring way 
um, was that we were asking people to stay home. And I think that was hard. Again, this was the holiday season. Everyone was exhausted. Kids had been out of school for a long time. People hadn't seen their families for, you know, nine months or, or longer. Um, and we were saying numbers are worse than ever. You need to stay home. We can't tell you how long or when this is going to end or how it's going to end. Um, it was a big ask. And I think that it was a sacrifice and a hardship for everyone. We all missed our families. But for people who had lost their jobs or for people who might have had food insecurity going into the pandemic, I mean, this was just an enormous burden that we were asking people to take on. Trust us, this was necessary. Take this on, take this burden and hardship on uh, to enable us to do our jobs, which is try to get this pandemic under control for all of you, for everybody, for all of us. And so I think for me, that was another part of it. It was just recognizing that what we're asking people to do as physicians does not take place in a vacuum. We're, we're doing what we do or we're asking what we ask of people in the richer context of their whole lives, which includes things like food insecurity. So, um, you know, I, I was very encouraged by the fact that that physicians who were already giving so much in this pandemic decided to step up and give in that additional way. Uh, and I think that that people watching us, watching physicians, watching healthcare workers were were also um, very touched by that. You know, they recognized that we recognized how hard this all is. I think that's a great way to frame it. And I think that for us now going into the 2021 event, we're going to see what that impact kind of looks and feels like, because while things are a little bit different compared to last year, they're also very much still the same and that you both are taking on a lot of water carrying. This is a massive project and it's going to be probably bigger this year, I think is really wonderful. Tatiana, how do people find you on Twitter if they want to follow you? How do they find the work that you're doing? So my um, my Twitter handle is uh, TM Prowl, M like Michelle, TM Prowl. You can find me there. I'm on Facebook, although I have to confess I'm not participating on Facebook as much anymore, but I'm on Facebook as Tatiana Prowl, MD. Um, so they can find me there as well. And I'll certainly be there during the Healthcare Worker versus Hunger campaign that week. That's great. Angela, for you... The work is, you know, you're ready for it. You're, it's going to be a big, busy project, but there's more support this year. I think it's going to be a much, much bigger endeavor. I think it's going to be incredibly exciting and I can't wait. How do people find you and how do they find the hashtag and how do they find the all of the work that's going to be happening in that middle part of December? Yeah, so definitely follow um, Healthcare Workers or HCW versus Hunger. Um, which is the account for the fundraiser. And you can find all the materials there. Um, we also will have a website, which we will um, be posting on that account um, so that you can follow for all the details of how to participate. Um, and we would love it if you all did so. And we're also going to be doing a hashtag ETS chat on December 16th, right in the midst of this whole thing. So people are going to actually get to interface directly with you both. And there's a real appeal there. They're going to get a little piece of the action. It's going to be really, really exciting. It's going to be right in the teeth of the competition. We're going to let people just come and swing heavy bats. It's going to be really cool. And they'll get to interact with both of you, which people love it. They get a little bit of FaceTime with the faces of the franchise. It's, it's totally awesome. I'm so excited that we're getting to do that. Tatiana, this was amazing. This was the first time you and I have been able to kind of interact back and forth yeah. aside from social media. It was a total blast. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. And another example of how Twitter friendships really are real. Thank you That's so right. much. That's right. That's right. Angela, 
we needed more cake, but we're going to be all right. You still owe us our graham cracker cheese. Uh, um, I don't even remember what it was anymore. But graham cracker cheesecake that I'm making in the hospital. I'm doing it. I, I'll, I'll post. I got yeah, to yeah. get on that. You can do it. And I'm confident and it'll be delicious and you guys will all enjoy it. But look, for what you've done here with this project, with including all of us and allowing us to join you and coming on, thank you so much. Thank you. It's always fun hanging out. My thanks once again to Angela and Tatiana for joining me on this episode of Explore the Space podcast. Hashtag HCW versus hunger is really incredible. Uh, it's an honor to be able to learn from them and talk with them and hear about this. It feels like it's going to be around for a long time as well. And I think that the impact is just going to grow and grow. Do not miss the opportunity to join in this. The fundraiser is live. Hashtag HCW vs hunger on Twitter. Follow at HCW vs hunger on Twitter as well. You can follow Angela on Twitter at A-C-Y-N-D, W-E-Y-A-N-D. And you can follow Tatiana on Twitter as well at T-M Prowell, P-R-O-W-E-L-L. Thank you also to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. And thanks so much to you for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you join us. Hope you enjoyed this one. Please do join myself, Angela, and Tatiana on Twitter for the next hashtag ETS chat Thursday, December 16th, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We will be there talking about all of this. It's a great opportunity to interact with them. They are amazing, and it is always fun to get a little FaceTime on Twitter in that way as well. Definitely hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and you can email me anytime, Mark, at ExploreTheSpaceShow.com. We will be back soon with more great content as we get ready to close out 2021. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.